Cooper. The All-American Half Pounder. Pure Beef Patty. Lettuce, tomato. Going Steady, the podcast dedicated to exploring the great singles with a particular eye to the punk, new wave, and DIY eras of the last century. I'm Adrian Madoc. And I'm Steve McGowan. We are in a band, the Beef People, the who we we released a single in 1986. Who we did. Uh, who we did on our own label, Zub Records. And we are record collectors and passionate especially about the expression of pop music perfection that is the single recording. Exploring the mystery of what makes for a great single is what propelled us to begin this podcast. This is episode Singles Going Stay number 102, and I'm having trouble getting my words out because we were just listening to the single, and there's a lot here. <laughs> there is a lot here. And so it's 102, uh, number 102, and we're talking about Patti Smith yes. and the great single, mm-hmm. Gloria. And Gloria, um, the Patti Smith group, um, legendary New York City, and um, this is not... Um, new wave. It's not even really straight punk. No. It's more art in, in, in its own particular art punk way. Yeah. Uh, this it, it influential in that yeah, way. Yes, extremely influential. This uh, single was released in 1976 on Arista Records. Uh, she did have a major label deal, and it was part of the Horses record, which is considered one of the most influential um, so-called. Punk records, new wave records, one of the most influential records of its time. Yeah, she certainly was very early. You've got 1976, which predates a lot of stuff that we talk about. Mm -hmm. And um, and she was on a major label. So in some ways, this doesn't seem to have Mm -hmm. tick many of the boxes of records that we talk Mm -hmm. about here. You know, we just Mm -hmm. talked about in the last episode, Mm -hmm. Spiz Energy. I know, right. But, um, you know, here we've got um, a A real artist. a real artist on yes. a major label mm-hmm. and um, you know this is someone that you've listened to a lot and I've mm-hmm. got to admit that I've read more than I have mm-hmm. listened right so the, the thumbnail on Patti Smith is she was early in the 70s and she was a poet a poetess a writer uh, she hung out with Allen Ginsberg and Jim Carroll uh, she, the people from the Velvet Underground. Um, she was in the in the, the Beast, you know. And, and probably her most important mm-hmm. early relationship was right. her, her roommate, her her um, lover, and uh, her very early days was right. the well-known photographer, the now well-known photographer, yes. Robert Maplethorpe. Right. Um, so the two of them mm-hmm. were an artistic unit that right. that were really served as muses. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's a wonderful book that Patty wrote called Just Kids, mm-hmm. which is a, a, a really just joyful 
account in of those early days mm-hmm. and about being inspired by your art, mm-hmm. about being inspired by each other. It's right. a great book. Mm-hmm. Um, I recommend. Maybe I'm doing a recommendation early, yeah. but um, you know, it's beautifully written and it's very inspirational about mm-hmm. someone who who in those early days in New York when you could afford to have a flat with right. with uh, with a mate and and make it and right. and and that there acts um to resources you know was was not uh not as restrained as it is now, right. right? So she was able to be friends with people like Alan Ginsburg sure. and, and, you know, who was a name by that time. Oh, yeah. You know, um, so the other folks that, you know, like Robert Mapplethorpe mm-hmm. is somebody who his reputation developed later. Right. Jim Carroll's developed later. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that you can get in New York and be friends with a well-known, you know, Up and coming. Um, and up and coming, well, too. Yeah, up and coming. But, yeah, mm-hmm. but that you would be able to have someone that was as established yes. as Alan Ginsberg. Yes, very much so. Um, she um, traveled in those circles, and um, her partner later in the band, Lenny Kay, was is famous for being the garage rock we talked about nuggets in nuggets, an early yes, episode he or those two. together right he was the guy that was really into garage rock and really understood it and that feeds into this single because uh, supposedly technically it's Gloria by Van Morrison and them right but so this there's, is there's really only a little bit of it in this single <laughs> you know in, in, in some way, in some ways this really reminds me of uh, it's almost like proto rap yes. in that you've got poetry that is um, that added on to, mm-hmm. to an existing song right it's it's almost like sampling right where yes. you're bringing your own building on uh, you know, something your, your own rhyme mm-hmm. all right that you're bringing um, mm-hmm. to this this pre-existing recording yes. and the fact that it's got such a catchy riff mm-hmm. um, really le- allows it the, um, the the them single to stand up to this treatment right, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know the, the riff reinforces the ability mm-hmm. uh, you know for her to riff herself right, right? Mm-hmm. you know to, to um, essentially add her poetic um, introduction. Right. So I think we should listen to the song. It's, yes. it's fairly long. Um, it's about five minutes. Um, it's worth it. Um, really amazing, interesting song, and we will talk about it once uh, we've listened to it. The Pat Smith Group, Gloria, from 1976 on Arista Records. Jesus died for somebody's sins, but not mine. Milton, part of thieves, wild cord of my sleeve, thick heart of stone. My sins, my own, they belong to me. Me.
Okay, there they go. So obviously, um, it's got the most iconic first line: "Jesus died for somebody's sins, but not mine." Um, Patty Smith was raised in a very strict Jehovah's Witness family, and I believe she's rejecting some of that in this in this writing. She had a poem that was dates back from the early '70s called "Oath," um, that was even more virulently anti-religion and some of the lines from that are taken for this song but then there's also the whole thing about you know I'm gonna go out tonight and I'm gonna see you in the parking lot and she sings from the male perspective about um, you know um, she's she's not afraid to change those uh, to not change the genders um, she, uh, there's going to be 20,000 girls there and you know <laughs> building that whole thing on it's it's very interesting the way it's done the song itself is heavily influenced by the Velvet Underground and they did get um, very famously John Cale from the Velvet Underground to produce the record uh, they fought like cats and dogs and he was eventually thrown off the off the production he never mixed it but he did help them with a lot of things he made them buy new equipment because <laughs> their cheap guitars weren't cutting it and uh, tried to help them get the sound that they, they needed to get to, to get away from just being a you know, a little band to being a big band. You know, what do you think makes a great single? Oh, I think it's important. You know, in the the idea that you can a cover that is taken to something that seems to be very personal. Yes. Um, and, and you know, making your own statement and, right. and making one that really has nothing to do with the underlying right, right. cover, right? right? You know, that that. You're not restricted mm-hmm. by the cover. I mean, there's some copyright yeah. implications there. And it's quite a statement, too. You, you didn't hear people saying things like that in, in, no. in songs, you know, it's ever. Pretty, <laughs> it's pretty weird that it's on uh, a major label. Yeah. And, you know, I was always kind of confused at the time by mm-hmm. by um, Patti Smith because, you know, she mm-hmm. had a lot of the trappings of mm-hmm. convention around right. here. The major label. I mean, this isn't... Um, you know, this isn't the most revolutionary sounding music. No, no, it's right? it's basic garage music. Most yeah. of the song is two chords. It's it's going between two chords. So I was I was very confused, mm-hmm. you know, um, at the time. I was like, yeah. what is this? And it wasn't assisted mm-hmm. by um, Saturday Night Live right. parodied, um, famously parodied um, Candy Slice. Yeah, Candy Slice, mm-hmm. which was a Gilda Gilda Radner character. Yeah. Um, I think the deal, and, and with me as myself as well, I think she was ahead of us. I think she was way ahead of us. You know, uh, it, it took a while to really understand what was going on. You know, I, I'm, I knew it was already. I knew she was a writer, and I knew it was had that kind of primal rock thing going on. But it wasn't like, oh, let's play the Patti Smith record, you know. It's mm-hmm. it's like, ooh, boy, you know. Well, yeah, there's so it, much going on, you it, know. It confused me that she worked with uh, Bruce Springsteen. Right. You know, and that's, you know, because right. to me he stood for a lot of mm-hmm. sort of what was wrong with right. with male rock, right. right? You know, that it was loud, it was um, it right. was bombastic. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, she she was mm-hmm. loud, but she was not bombastic. Not in at fact, all. you know, they worked um, together on Because of the Night. And, um mm-hmm. 
you know, that just that confused mm-hmm. me further. I just I wasn't able to kind of mm-hmm. get my head around it. But Michi, she was just looking for quality, and of course, Bruce Springsteen is incredibly good at what he does. Yes. It's not like my um, number one thing that I'm interested in. But maybe she was just um, wanted to draw excellence around her and people well, that I, were the I, best at what they did. I do have a story about that because involved the producer Jimmy Iovine, Iovine, who's pretty much owns music now. Um, but back in the day, he was working, and, and he was a big Patti Smith fan, and he heard the Springsteen song, and Springsteen wasn't going to use it, and he was like, I have someone that could do uh, this so song. He pulled them together. So, yeah, he pulled it together. So it wasn't like she she went to him, to Springsteen, to say, yeah, I want your song. I think the, the producer put it together. But, you know, the you fact know. that she could see it yeah, and, and yeah. you know, it could make something of it. There's nothing wrong with, you know, having a successful career. Um, so they were, they were working on that, you know. Um, but it is it is weird. Those are two people you wouldn't right. think. You know, right. um, one seems just so not rock, and the other one is is, is everything about rock. You know, right. about right. classic rock. You know, um, so horses. The whole record is considered a super um, super um, influential album. It affected people. Uh, R.E.M. cites it as one of his favorite records and a lot of female artists and, and just a lot of, you know, a lot, all the New York artists. They don't talk that much about Patti Smith because I think, like in the Blondie memoir, uh, you know, um, basically all Deborah says is that she was scared of Patti Smith and right, she thought right. Patti Smith didn't like her, you know, because I think she was a very intense... I think she's an intense introvert. Yeah, right, right. And, and a writer, you know, yeah. and, and, and a reader and somebody who was into things like Baudelaire and uh, William Blake and, uh, you know, Rimbaud. Um, You know, really not your typical rock stuff at all. So, um, this is quite an amazing single. Um, It's completely different from a lot of we've uh, had on our our podcast. And it was different than things that had come before it, even though it influenced things that came after. Right. Um, It it really is its own sort of sui generis thing. Exactly. That's that's a good way to put it. So, um, do you hear anybody else covering this? This is a hard one. You know, I was trying to think of of that sort of let loose voice. Yes. You know, I was thinking about Cher. Ah. You know, we had just talked about Star Trek, and I was thinking a lot about um, 70s TV must have been on my mind. And, right. and you know, thinking about how Cher took on whatever the hits of the day right. were on her um, variety show, yeah, first she... with um, Sunny and then later on her own. Um, and yeah, I can hear kind of Cher doing mm-hmm. uh, doing a version of this. Yeah, okay. That'd be very interesting. 70s Cher. 70s Remember Cher. We, we saw her a clip of her with Bowie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. the I mean, hits she, of the day? The, the yeah. show was all like, what's, what's yeah. on the charts? Mm-hmm. Who, who's on the charts. I would like to hear um, the early version of uh, the trio version of PJ Harvey and her band do it. Okay. Um, Because she can bring the guitar chops and I think she could bring that intensity because obviously somebody who's been influenced by Patti Smith tremendously. um, That would be something I would would definitely want to hear. So. Okay, I think that's good. Do you have any recommendations? Yeah, I'm going to recommend my own uh, favorite poet tonight. It's not any of the ones that we've already mentioned. Um, probably my, one of my favorites that's not Scottish is um, 
um, Yeats, W.B. Yeats from, from Ireland. Oh, yeah. um, I love his poetry and uh, I get a lot out of it and uh, I've been reading it since I was in high school and I uh, still have a book on the shelf. Oh, yeah. So uh, it, it's, uh, you know, I don't want to get all writer and pedantic on everybody, but uh, I recommend uh, if you want to read some quality poetry, you could do a lot worse than Yates. Yep, you sure can. Yates is, is wonderful. Um, I'm going to go in a different direction because I was thinking about um, just kids, mm-hmm. and which I, right. I read the, the book. Um, mm-hmm. And th- there seems to be some snobbery about audiobooks, about people uh-huh. who listen to audiobooks that it's that it's lazy. Right. Um, but I recently heard an author read his own book, and it was just delightful, which was Ronan Farrow, um, okay. Catch and Kill. And he's, you know, you would expect, um, you know, mm-hmm. his parents are actors, whoever right. his dad is was yeah. an actor. And, um, Frank Sinatra. They, yeah, Frank, Frank uh, or Woody, you know. Yeah, right. he, uh, so he's got a great voice. Um, and mm-hmm. he plays characters, and he does uh, mm-hmm. accents. Um, it's a great book, um, and it's a great listen. So um, I, you know, was finding myself wondering um, if Patty reads just kids. Yeah, you know that that would probably mm-hmm. worth be worth um, listening to. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess my recommendation is is don't be harsh on yourself if you listen to a book yes. rather than reading a book. Um, and, and that they are different experiences, and mm-hmm. there's some very good audiobooks. It's an area that I'm just beginning to, to look at myself, but okay. um, I was very pleased to, to have listened to uh, Catch and Kill. Cool. All right. So there we go. This has been uh, Singles Going Steady 102, uh, the very um, influential and um, artistic and interesting and rocking Patti Smith group with their sort of cover of Gloria and from 1976 and it's um, been quite a trip with Patti Smith and it's been great talking with you. It has. We'll talk to you very soon. Keep listening. To learn more about the artists and recordings we just talked about, visit our website at zubrecords.com and click on the Singles Going Steady icon. You'll also find links to the persons, places, and things we recommend and much more. You can find episodes of Singles Going Steady on our website or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Singles Going Steady is brought to you by the power and majesty of Zub Records. Zub Records. Records. Smart Smart sounds sounds for for sharp sharp people. people.